Hi, it's Shana here. Before this episode starts, I'm popping in with a quick reminder about our upcoming CEU on Thursday, May 16th on a person-centered approach to behavior management. School taught us a lot about ABA. However, the thing with ABA is that it's a science and it's constantly evolving. So a lot of what we learned back then doesn't always apply now. Today, we want to use a person-centered approach to behavior management, um, but what does that look like and how can our learners still make progress in this kind of approach? So join us live on Thursday, May 16th at 12 p.m. Eastern Time as Shira discusses how to use a person-centered approach to behavior management with your learners. This CEU is presented by our very own Shira Karpel. You can earn one learning CEU for ACE, QABA, or IBAO. Join us live at this event or to watch the recording asynchronously, go to howtoaba.com forward slash CEU. See you then. Hi, I'm Shira Karpow. And I'm Shana Gaunt, and we're board certified behavior analysts. At How To ABA, we provide practical resources, community, and support to ABA professionals. In each episode of our podcast, we will be having real conversations with real people sharing real stories about ABA. We'll share relevant strategies and actionable tips that will make us all better ABA practitioners. It's the ABA content you need that you're not going to learn in a textbook. Requesting or manding is one of the first things that we teach our learners. So why is teaching manding in ABA important? And what are the best ways to do it, especially in very beginner learners? So if any of you have ever traveled to another country where they speak another language that maybe you don't speak. I know I traveled with my kids in the summer. My kids did not speak the language of the place that we were in. And the first thing that they wanted to learn was just like, how do I ask for the bathroom? How do I ask for a drink? And if you're learning a new language, if you don't really understand what's going on around you, if you're new to this environment... You're, the first thing you're going to want to learn is to get your basic needs met. So you're going to learn to ask for those things that are going to help meet your basic needs. So things like food, water, help, bathroom, and it's similar for our learners. So let's talk about how do we teach our learners how to request basic things. Um, you know, when I first started in this field 20 years ago, the very first thing we taught was receptive and expressive language. And the theory back then was, well, you know, they can't ask for things if they don't even know what they're asking for. So we need to teach them to identify what is water and what is banana and what is this and what is that. Um, but the newer research since then has shown that Teaching receptive language and teaching expressive language, the tacting, does not lead to requesting. However, teaching requesting does lead to receptive and expressive language. So when you're starting an ABA program, it really is important to start with the requesting. Number one, so people can get their basic needs met, which also helps reduce negative behavior because if I couldn't get my needs met... I would be tantruming. I would probably be banging my head against the wall. I'd be so frustrated and just so helpless. Um, so it's just good practice to teach requesting uh, first. And secondly, you know, it does lead to the knowledge of receptive and expressive language. And it's motivating for learners to learn how to request. So let's talk about a little terminology. Um, we love to make up words for things, which is what a mand is. <laughs> but essentially, it's the same as requesting. Um, a mand is the verbal operant of asking for something, asking for an item. It could be asking for help, asking for an action, asking for anything 
the definition of amend is that it's not triggered by any question. So whereas a receptive label might be show me, give me, uh, point to, attacked might be what is it, tell me about it. Those are all SDs. And the SD in those situations is a verbal SD. Um, with manding, there really shouldn't be any kind of verbal SD. The SD is the EO. It's the motivation. It's wanting a drink. It's being thirsty. It's needing help. It's, it's not something that should be verbal. So by definition, a mand is triggered by a need, um, a motivation for something. And that motivation or that need for something should trigger uh, the, the behavior, which is asking for it. So if you are thirsty, the behavior should be asking for water and the consequence should be that you get the water. So you're reinforcing the behavior of asking for water in response to thirst. So that's how a man should be. I know sometimes a lot of, a lot of times we'll ask our kids, what do you want? Do you want this? Do you want a drink? Are you hungry? And that's okay, but let's all acknowledge it's not really a mand. And if we're going to do that as a step, then we need to know how to fade that so that our kids can initiate really by acknowledging their needs of getting their needs met. That's the same thing with, you know, saying they need to go to the bathroom, telling us that they need to get food, telling us that they're hungry or that they're thirsty. Because imagine if we only taught them to wait until somebody asks them if they're hungry and ask them if they need to go to the bathroom, we're really not teaching them a pure mandate or b you know, true independence and advocacy in getting their needs met. I've seen so many learners so prompt dependent on that phrase to the point where they'll be jumping around in their seat and you can tell they really need to go to the bathroom and they won't go because they're waiting to be asked, do you need to go to the bathroom? Even worse, you know, if they're thirsty or if they're hungry and they're waiting, they're just waiting or they're waiting for someone to say, do you need help? Do you need to eat? Are you hungry? That's a problem. So really looking at your manding or requesting programs that you have in place right now and asking yourself, A, is this a true mand? Um, but B, am I teaching this so that my learners can be independent and ask for these things themselves without an adult or anyone having to say, what do you want? And most um, challenging behavior, like we always say, behavior is communication. And you can't really focus on decreasing any kind of challenging behavior without thinking about what are they communicating and how can they say it better and faster. So the first step in trying to reduce any challenging behavior is giving them communication. It's teaching our kids to ask for things, to get their needs met. And we have to do this so intensively and make it so easy for them that it's much easier than the challenging behavior. So it's so important that our kids learn to get their needs met in order to prevent and reduce any of that challenging behavior. Absolutely. And, you know, we can go a few ways on here. You know, we can say, okay, well, let's talk about, you know, kids who can talk and what types of mans would we teach them? And then, you know, kids who can't talk, how do we teach them manding? So let's start with those kids who can't talk. What do we do? I mean, sure, you know, we'll always focus in on trying to, you know, have them use their voice as much as they possibly can and get that going, even just by holding up things that they might want um, and having them just say some kind of utterance, like an ah or something and learning that, okay, if I turn my voice on, I can get that. But there's kids who it's really hard for them. But like Shira said, you know, when we're teaching manding, how do we teach it so that it's easy for them to get their needs met? And if turning on their voice is too hard, we need to think of alternatives. So looking at some alternatives, I mean, the very first 
man would even just be a reach, right? Somebody's reaching for something that's indicating that they want it. You know, you can shape that reach into a point. Um, you know, so often I've had, you know, kids who will point to items um, and then the instructor will teach them, okay, well, I'm pointing to the item, but I have to touch the item when I'm, I'm pointing to it. And it's not really about touching the item because what happens if the item is up high on a shelf? What if the item is, you know, across the room? So making sure that that reach turns into a point, but that point isn't, I need to touch the item. The point is purely I'm, I'm pointing to something that I want that might be across the room or up high. Uh, and that's one of the very first simple steps of a man, you know, and then you can teach some basic sign language uh, and you can also teach some picture exchange or some type of even pressing a button. I have a student who is very low cognitively and we've taught him literally to press that you know that staples red button that the easy button he presses that to get his needs met because that's easy for him and uh, it's his way of communicating yeah so when we talk about manding or requesting um, we're not talking about vocal responses um, it could be any kind of response that really the definition is that it's in response to a need so that response could be a point um, a reach it could even be a look or uh, some kind of AAC. And with some of our earliest learners, if they're just getting started, we really won't even get to like vocal manding and we'll focus on all that nonverbal communication. Um, so creating situations where they look at you to continue a really fun interaction, that's a man. Um, to take your hand and help them with something, to give you an item that they need help opening um, or turning on. These are all really, really great ways to start teaching manding, especially with our younger learners who may or may not have the vocal skills and that's not really the focus yet. But starting with manding, it's all kinds of requesting, everything from nonverbal to gestures to eye contact, anything that falls into that is manding. One of my favorite activities to do with a really early learner is putting a preferred item in a clear container that they can't open. And, you know, I'm shaking the container, they see it. And the whole point of that is that can they take that container and put it in my hand? And that's it. If they take that container and put it in my hand, I'm going to open it. And that in and itself is a mant. Uh, another one would be, you know, having a spinning top or a spinning toy or something wind up toy that they need my help to activate. And, you know, I turn it on for them and then that's it and I stop and I want them to you know once it runs out I want them to be able to put that back in my hand and if they can do that that's one of the very first steps to manding uh, but it's also showing that listen I'm going to get your needs met for you um, and I as an adult can help you with your needs and it helps with the pairing process as well. And when you're teaching mandating, you want to think about shaping. So shaping is, you know, differentially reinforcing closer approximations of the desired behavior. So let's just say we were teaching a student to say cookie and we wanted them to say cookie as the ultimate goal, but they're not there yet. So you got to break that down as small as possible and reinforce those approximations. So maybe at first they just turn on their voice and they say, uh, and uh gets reinforced with awesome cookie. Here's a cookie. And then once they can do that consistently, then you might try to get them to do a cut and, you know, not reinforce the uh anymore. And then you're reinforcing cut. And then once they could do that consistently, then they might do cook. However, however the student can do it, you want to think about breaking that down as small as possible and continuing to shape closer and closer approximations. It's the same thing within the exchange of a picture. You might just have them first touch the picture and reinforce that. And then they may have to exchange the picture 
and reinforce that. And then they may have to find the picture, exchange the picture, travel to the instructor, whatever that is, you want to start with the least amount that they could be successful. Because remember, we want to make this easier and faster for them to communicate so that they're not going to replace it with some other, you know, challenging behavior or something. So when we're talking about requesting, what kinds of requests do you teach? So like Shira said, we always start with those non-vocal requests, anything that you can just get needs met quickly. And, you know, if a student is talking, then we can go on to some other requests. And even if they're not with pictures, with augmentative communication, we can be teaching more complex manding for sure. Uh, the F section of the ABLES is really great because it does break down the demands into different categories. I don't always follow the scope and sequence of that, but it's really great for ideas. So, you know, obviously basic mans are the fastest uh, to learn and as well, probably the most important, right? Your basic needs, your your food, your water, all of that type of thing. Um, and then once, you know, people are requesting for food items and for water, those basic needs, you know, if they're toilet trained, they're requesting for bathroom, all of those preferred items. Um, then next, I would go on to, you know, preferred items, preferred activities, all of that. Um, and then I would go on to asking for help. And again, there's no scope and sequence to this. It's, you know, but, but if their needs, if they need to ask for help, that's a huge one. Uh, asking for actions. So it's those verb requests. And what I mean by that is that instead of saying uh, water, or instead of saying, phone or toy or whatever it is, they're saying things like push me on the swing. They're saying play. They're saying uh, drink, eat. So they're using actions now as the the verb. So like spin, and then you can start putting two words together. So it's like eat banana, uh, push on swing, those types of things um, in terms of learning, they're requesting. And, you know, once they're now requesting with items, they're requesting for actions, they're requesting for help. Um, then next you can get into um, asking for other things like, um, give me some examples. I'm, I'm thinking WH questions, but I'm totally jumping ahead, you know, like, who is it? Where is it? What is it? Uh, those are all great requests as well. So how do we incorporate, you know, manding or teaching manding into a session? Um, you could do it in a discrete trial format. You could do it in a more natural environment teaching type of format. The important thing is that um, you want to contrive those situations and you can either spend, you know, a whole session and look at the manding across the session as to how many situations you were able to contrive, or you can do it in small five or 10 minute increments and do like a quick five minute manding session because we're playing with this really motivating and engaging activity. And I, as the instructor, I'm going to get as many mans as possible. I'm going to set this up so that he has to tell me to, to spin it and, and help me and move my hands or whatever he's currently working on. And you could do that as well. But the important thing is that we have to be creative in setting up those situations to get them to mand. So it doesn't mean taking away all their preferred stuff, but it means that you're engaging with them and you're creating situations where they want, you know, a turn with your car or you have a really fun toy that they want that they want to try out or maybe you're um, building something and they need your help. So there's lots of ways to be creating it. And you want to contrive as many opportunities to use these nans as possible during teaching. And thinking about, you know, contriving situations, I've actually held 
full staff meetings where we're coming up with creative ways to man for specific things. So, okay, so if we're teaching manning for wear, what can we do? Well, you know, when the student goes outside, the running shoes are gone and they have to say, where are my shoes? Or, you know, they get their lunch out of the fridge and the lunch bag has no lunch in it because they have to say, where is it? Um, Or someone has it, who has it? So it's really great to brainstorm some of these ideas with the team because the team can come up with some really great ideas and it's fun to do that as well. It's nice team building as well. And you get a lot more ideas than just things that you can come up with yourself. And if we're talking about, you know, early learners and manding, one of my favorite activities is to be doing like a really fun sensory social routine. So you might be singing a song together or doing like a movement activity together where you're, you know, picking them up and swinging them around or something that they really enjoy. And then you pause. And you're looking for wherever is appropriate for them. It could be a reach, a look, a sound, a, a picture, whatever that is to, for you to continue that activity. It's a really nice way to build engagement and relationships and also building in that you give me something, I give you something. It's that reciprocity of the very beginner manding skills. So fun. And then as you get a little bit more advanced in your teaching, you know, requesting for items, appropriate protests. Um Sometimes I find that when people are teaching those manding sessions, they're focused on getting so many mans, but we need to look at the quality of those mans as well. So it's not about just saying, I want car, I want car, I want car, I want car, I want car. I can get in 60 mans in a minute if I'm saying, I want car, I want car, I want car. Um, But that's not the point because you want those varied mans. So it's about, oh, you want the car, great push car, uh, crash car, whatever it is, uh, so that you can get more variety in the mans. Uh, the other thing too would be to make sure that you're not only, you know, providing that, but when I said the quality before, it's not about, you know, if your learner can talk in five word phrases and they say car, that's not good enough. That's, I wouldn't even count that as a request if your learner can give you more. So Shira said shaping before, you know, shaping for something like cookie, the uh, into a cookie finally. But think about shaping a sentence, right? So if someone is capable of saying, you know, oh, I want the blue car that's under the truck, great. And they just give you car. You're not going to reinforce that because, and I've seen it before, I've seen learners actually decrease their level of speech because people are reinforcing one word utterances when they're capable of five word utterances. So be careful there and really look at quality as well as getting that number count up. And one of the things we often talk about in terms of teaching manding is don't just teach them to ask for things, but also teach them how to um, make things stop. So they need to learn how to say stop go away, I don't want to, leave me alone, at whatever is appropriate for them, that has to be part of their managing repertoire, which is just as important as them telling you what they need. They have to be able to tell you what they don't need. So make sure that you're incorporating protests appropriately for our students. Um, It's also, it's really important for managing challenging behavior, but it's also really important to tell them that they can do this. They can tell us what they don't want as much as they can tell us what they do want. It's self-advocacy. And if you look at, you know, development, you know, if you're looking at language development as a whole, you know, usually kids by the time they're 18 months old are telling kids no no it's like one of their first words right so we should be teaching appropriate protests to our learners almost right off the bat and I know we don't want our kids to say no to us all the time but 
it's a right. Self-advocacy is a right. So making sure that they're able to even shake their head or if they can't quite shake their head, shaking a finger or putting up a hand as like a stop, something along those lines so that they know that they can also stop an activity or protest. And let's talk a little bit about error correction during manding. Um, we do a video on this that we will link. But when you want to teach manding, you want to make sure that if you do have to go in with a prompt because you are um, the student is maybe not responding or you're teaching, um, you still want to be able to fade that prompt because the SD needs to be that nonverbal um, need. So if you're they, you know, let's say they wanted a drink and they weren't saying anything, then you want to then you would go in with a prompt and say drink. I want to drink, give me water, whatever it is that you're modeling. And then they might repeat after you. So you're providing kind of an echoic prompt in that situation. Um, and so then they say, I want to drink after you. You want to make sure that you're doing a transfer trial in between that so that you're not making them dependent on that question or on that prompt of I want to drink. So if you might say they're not, you know, you know that they want to drink, but they don't have the words right now. So you might model and say, I want to drink. They repeat after you and say, I want to drink. And you might say, oh, great. Thanks for telling me. And then you might have them do something in between and then try it again, maybe holding up the water and just seeing if they can respond with, I want a drink. You're not going to do this for long because obviously if they're thirsty, you're going to give them a drink. You might give them a little bit and then try it again. Um, however, you can differentially, uh, differentially reinforce the response, but you want to make sure that those independent responses are getting a lot more reinforcement. And if you do have to go in with a prompt, you're doing some sort of transfer trial or um, minimally reinforcing the prompted responses and focusing on those independent responses. So make sure I've seen so many times, I um, mean, you know, especially when there might be challenging behavior or you're afraid the child is upset. So you get them to ask for the iPad because it's going to calm them down. So you say, I want the iPad. They repeat after you, I want the iPad. And what they learn is that when they're heightened, somebody comes in and presents them with an SD that the iPad is available. They repeat after you and they get the iPad. And if there isn't a transfer trial in between, you're just creating a chain of behaviors that's triggered by their challenging behavior as opposed to them learning to respond instead of challenging behavior to respond to their need and say, I want the iPad. So being very careful with that, creating those chains of behaviors when manding and really focusing on the SD being that the need or that want of the item. That transfer trial is so huge. And I could probably talk all day about this. You know, if someone goes in and says, I want the iPad and the student models, I want the iPad, you know, from a technical standpoint, that's not a man, that's an echoic. So you've got to do an echoic demand transfer. So you're know, going in and saying, I want the iPad and the student says, I want the iPad. And then you can go, huh? And then the student says, I want the iPad. That is an echoic demand transfer. You need to get that in. And then like Shira said, you know, making sure that you are, you know, having them do, give them the iPad for, you know, a couple seconds, but then doing some kind of differential reinforcement so that, you know, you have them do something else quickly and then get in another trial of they want the iPad and holding up and waiting. Sometimes that wait is crucial. And, you know, sometimes if you're doing some manding and or manding trials, Instructors don't wait enough because that awkward silence is awkward, but it does take a while to process things, right? So if you've done a few trials of I want iPad and they've gotten a little bit of the iPad, you know, you've got the iPad in view and you just wait. I'm not going to do it here because it is awkward and it's, you know, <laughs> um, but wait for five seconds, six seconds, seven seconds and see now if a learner is starting to fidget or, you know, 
not be engaged anymore. You've got to go in with that prompt. But if they're really processing it, just wait. So for some other videos on, you know, teaching intermediate requesting, go check out the video that we're going to link here. And also a video on increasing mean length of utterance um, once a student can request with nouns. So in summary today, we talked about um, why we start with manding, what manding is, uh, ways to teach some manding or requesting, and why it's critical to our learners. Thanks for joining today's conversation. Wherever you get your podcast, please go and subscribe, rate and review so others can find out about us too. For more from How to ABA, including free resources and ABA materials, visit our blog at howtoaba.com. And make sure that you're following us on social media for more practical tips and updates.